Hey, I found an Oreo on the floor. What is a 30-minute rule? <laughs> 10-second rule? In this case, what, like a six-month rule? I dropped it there earlier. So, half-hour rule? Just pick the hairs off of it, make sure there's no bugs, and we're good. Too much energy. Hooray! Your silver bolt. Beast Wars once and for all. Titor, what have you done? I am giving this episode no energon. What yeah. are you, a Quintesson? This is no energon. Fuck it. I I can't. Sigma you balls, Gary. Sh- to another episode of Too Much Energon, your favorite Transformers podcast where two 90s kids talk about Beast Wars shit and talk shit about the Beast Wars. I am one of your hosts, NeoCal. And I'm the other guy, the Siege. It's true. I, we're here. It, we're, we're here. We're back. Uh, we weren't here last week, though, because we, uh, well, I went camping. Me and uh lady glitch who has appeared on this show uh in a couple of episodes now before uh she came to visit me again uh for the fourth time now so we uh and uh we decided to go for go for a camping trip on a nice little island going for a rip of sorts (laughs) going for uh just going for a rip are you bud are you bud going for a rip are you bud well you kind of (laughs) did because kind of yeah so my uh my favorite camping spot is a little island in uh, nanaimo which is a town on vancouver island north an of island off of the island we live on an island off of the island we live on it's it's quite small i think the island's only like maybe like 10 or 12k around yeah so so like i don't know what is that like eight miles you just gotta lose yourself in the moment. <laughs> you own it. <laughs> you only get one shot. Do not miss your chance to go. Because opportunity. Because camping comes once in a summer. <laughs> because camping go. comes once in a summer. Uh, uh, this was actually uh, Newcastle Island. Um, is my favorite camping spot to go to. It has been for many, many years now, uh, over a decade. I like it because it's it's isolated, it's secluded. Like I said, it's a little island. Uh, there are no vehicles at all. There's no roads, nothing. It's just forest. I like forest, that. beach, and lots of raccoons everywhere. <laughs> but it's because it's in Nanaimo's Harbor. You still get full bars on your uh, on your smartphone. That's right. So you, you can be You're not away, off the grid. <laughs> you, you can be away from it all, but uh, still be connected to it all, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Away from it all, but connected to it all. Uh, so it's a lovely little island. I, I like it. I've been camping there uh, like probably a dozen times and just in my adult life alone. And well, this uh, this trip that we went on, it was my uh, first time camping since 2019 because, well, some uh, 
some uh, some stuff happened between 2019 and 2022. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. It's like this big uh, uh, cultural void. <laughs> yeah, just not. There's just a time. There's just nothing. There's a time void. There's a time paradox. Yeah, time you paradoxes. can't do that. Snake, you can't do that. Snake, create... you can't do that. You'll create a time paradox. And he did in 2012. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> that, that's why the world has gone to hell in the past decade is because it actually came to an end when the Mayan calendar ended. Yeah, the and Mayans also... predicted the um, the disaster started at CERN. <laughs> I was going to say they they uh, predicted the the uh, large hadron collider ripping a hole into the multiverse they predicted the large hard on collider rip going for a rip in the multiverse oh <laughs> uh, just going for a rip are you bud yeah but at large a large hard on collider was like hey buddy can i bum a dart and he was like fuck no <laughs> i think i know what song i'm gonna put at the end of this episode now. oh god <laughs> Oh man! Anyway, if any Americans listen to this and they're like, "Man, these guys sure sound Canadian," oh, you got to go out more east now, buddy. <laughs> uh, West Coast Canadians are—I want to say BC and Alberta are like the least like Canadian stereotypically as far right. as like our voices go. And then the farther east out you go, you you get that. Uh, well, watch Letter Kenny, and you'll know what we. Mean. I, I was gonna say, like, if you if you want to uh, watch shows like Letter Kenny or its spinoff Shorzy, which I actually think is better, um, or uh, Trailer Park Boys, and you'll get kind of a, a an insight into uh, uh, Canadian life. Trailer Park Boys is one of those shows where it's like it is actually like genius, but the more I watch it, like the more seeds of reality of how i grew up and i need to take a break from, from right and i'm like I, I grew up in a in a trailer park for many years and uh the the writers um must have too because as even though it's a comedy there's some <laughs> there's some real shit yeah like just all of the like harebrained schemes that they get up to in that show i'm like fuck i knew people who who did like stupid things like this but thought their heist would was genius. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh man, uh, um, yeah. We got some genius heists going on in this episode of TME. That's for sure. Right. Uh, so uh, yeah. Oh, but before that, you got um some war injuries, perhaps. Uh, oh yeah. So camping trip <laughs> all around. Had a great time. Uh, it was only for one day, unfortunately. And it was kind of a shit show getting there because like I we were trying to find one of those little like Coleman propane tanks for my little camp barbecue. And we just we couldn't find them anywhere. But oh. and and like the place that I knew carried them was like all the way at the north end of town. And the where I had to park my car to go and take the ferry to get to Newcastle Island was the south end. So I'm like, I don't want to drive all the way out there to turn around and come all the way back. What a drag. Uh, so that was a pain in the ass. We ended up finding one eventually. 
fortunately, and I didn't. I did ended up not having to drive all the way to the north end, which was nice. Uh, and then when we got to the the dock to get on the the passenger boat to go to Newcastle Island, they just randomly canceled two sailings, like right oh. when we got there. Like right when we got there, we had just missed a sailing, and they canceled the next two. So there was this entire so they the dock started like filling up with people, like to the point that it like because right, two departures have been canceled. Yeah, yeah. So it was just filling up with people to the point that this like little dock was just completely crowded. And uh, they have no real like queuing system or like they're not like, hey, line up. So it was just a bunch of people like shoving past one another to like go and uh, pay to get on the boat. And even though like we were some of the first people there, we ended up being the last, literally the last people to get on the boat just because, just because everyone, you were, everyone else was like cutting in. You weren't engaging in the mob. <laughs> uh, well, I, I was guarding the, uh, the, the, the camping supplies and the, all the baggage. Right. Right. I was guarding all of that. And, uh, lady glitch was the one who, uh, fought, fought the mob and she uh we we just barely got on but we so that that was all kind of a pain in the ass but like once we got to the island uh oh so it wasn't the first i I was expecting in your story the first departure being um full and you didn't get on it i i was expecting that to happen and i would have been absolutely like fucking furious elbows would have been flying man (laughs) yeah especially since like we didn't end up getting there until like three in the afternoon and like we were supposed to we were planning to get there at noon and like our checkout time the next day was 11 so it's like we didn't even get a full 24 hours there yeah little things like that can yeah so it was really annoying but um i ended up while we were on the island uh breaking my finger (laughs) it's still broken because uh, this was only a week ago now. Also, you do got like a mate homemade splint going. Yeah, going on there. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Let me tell you, it's been it's been interesting to work with this kind of in- injury because working at a grocery store, I'm working with my hands a lot. You know, yeah. lifting things, facing all of that. It was uh, it was no bueno. No bueno. My, my finger was like deep purple. For deep se- purple. It was very deep, dark purple for several days. It was uh, it was not a good time. Also, later that night, I got uh, uh, rather intoxicated and slipped and fell and hit the side of my head on a uh, picnic table. Didn't get a Which concussion. Night was this? <laughs> Didn't get a the concussion. Same night. Same night. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't get a concussion or anything like that. But oh, my, my my head was bleeding. Oh, and man. I had a big cut, which uh, on the side of my head, the side of my head that I shave all the time, I might add. So it's it was super visible, but it appears to have healed now. Oh, and for how I actually broke my finger. Well, I was uh, also drunk, less drunk, but still drunk and uh, trying to be a macho man on the uh, on a beach. And I was picking up logs and throwing them into the ocean. And I picked up an extremely heavy log that I'm I'm still kind of impressed I was able to even lift at all. But uh, 
it was a lot heavier than I was expecting. And as I was picking it up, it slipped out of my hand and dropped onto my finger. Mm. Not even like super hard or anything, but like this log was so heavy that like just the force of it just like completely crushed my finger. Oh shit. Yeah. So, uh, your attempts to, uh, to go full, full Randy Savage, uh, <laughs> fell a little short. My, my attempts to go full, uh, full Gary primal, <laughs> if you will. Never go full prime. never go full Gary. <laughs> I guess going a uh, full Gary would be, uh, just getting like really like blitzed, getting really stoned. Did that happen? Uh, no, <laughs> no, no, I, I, I drink alcohol. Never go full Gary. Never go full Gary. Listeners, we're um we are going to cover Lawnmower Man one day, which as uh, Siege has recently found out was the inspiration for um uh, what was it? Slow Jack. Uh, uh simple simple si- Jack. Simple Jack from uh, Oh, I, I I actually didn't realize that. I thought that that was um I thought that movie was mocking what's that movie with I think it's Dustin Hoffman and Tom Cruise Rain Man Rain Man I thought it was mocking Rain Man no because uh they didn't go full uh rotundo in that oh (laughs) but remember I had brought it up one time this is months and months ago and um you had you were googling images of it and you were like wait his his outfit kind of looks like simple Jack's outfit and I'm like yeah it's oh it's based on that he had the overalls and the red the red shirt with the the denim overalls yeah Yeah. and you're like wait i kind of want to watch this now and i'm like it took six months of lawnmower man jokes but (laughs) we're doing it folks well ladies and gentlemen uh you know what i have uh experienced uh in the the lawnmower man uh franchise is uh, (laughs) i've read the original short story because it's only like 20 or 30 pages I about that you have it has n- the plot of the the original short story has nothing to do with the plot of the movie the title is just the same the plot oh. of the movie is about a uh like dumb like gluttonous fat guy who like strips down naked and eats grass in the yeah, short I, story yeah i should yeah i shit you not it's about this like dumb like gluttonous fat guy who like strip gets on people's lawns and strips down naked and like actually starts eating grass like a lawnmower. And then there's like some weird like shootout or something at the or no, not a shootout. He uh, he ends up killing. He ends up like stabbing someone to death or something like that. I don't what know. F- yeah. Am I getting trolled here? Listeners? No, <laughs> no I, I read it like a year ago one day when I was sitting at a pub. Cal's doing some legitimate journalism here. What? Yeah. Even, Stephen King's 1975 short story did a, a screenplay. It's so bad. It's entitled Cyber God and has nothing to do with the. Yeah, apparently oh, Stephen. Apparently Stephen King sued the people behind the Lawnmower Man movie to get his name removed from it because, like, I'm... it's just the title. Like, it's not that the plot doesn't reflect the short story at all. Short story in the collection Night Shift. Oh, I, I have that collection. I have Skeleton Crew. Should, you know what? Should you grab know what his I, collections. I like the short stories more than his books. 
and and that yeah, I like his novellas, his short stories and his novellas, like Absolutely. the mist. Give me like the, a the nice. The mist is like what twenty pages. Oh no! Well, there are different versions of it, but the version that I have, right? We talked about that. I think is like 150 or 160 <clears throat> pages. It's like the unedited version. Oh, okay. You've got a because I have the mist um, <clears throat> in Skeleton Crew, and um, oh yeah, it's not that that long. It felt yeah. long in comparison to the other very small stories in Skeleton Crew, but it's not over 100 pages. Yeah, yeah, the the one in the the shorts in Skeleton Crew, I I think you had said is only like 60 or 70 pages, something yeah. like that. And then the version that I read when the Mist movie, the the film adaptation came out, which by the way, the movie is quite faithful to the to the short story. It deviates here and there and like removes a couple of One of plot the rare elements. things where King liked it more than his story <laughs> yeah well, yeah right he he's he's very uh, uh infamous for like trashing adaptations of his work but he <laughs> he he really likes that mist movie but yeah so the the version that they published as a uh, uh paperback when the movie came out was an even longer version that was like 115 or something pages and the version that i picked up about a year or two ago uh for because i was intending to cover it on a, a podcast that i used to do about uh, book to film adaptations. Mm -hmm. uh, that version is like the complete original unedited version, and I think is like 160 pages. Okay, this is wild. Summary Harold Parkett hires a pastoral greenery and outdoor service ink to cut his lawn. The mystery surrounding the service is that no one has ever seen the person who owns and operates the enterprise. Parkett decides to find out the identity of the mysterious lawnmower man. In the earliest hours of morning, he discovers the strange and horrible truth. The service man is not a service man at all, but a strange interdimensional being that takes the form of a symbiotic organism, a machine that mows the lawn by itself while a strange naked man follows behind the mower, eating the grass. The right, service right. man has the appearance of a satyr who works for the Greek god Pan. The event is terrifying and beyond the comprehension and intellect of Parkett. In a panic, he tries to call the police, but it is too late. And the mower and its human slave violently turn on him. I need to read that. It, I just gave myself spoilers, but holy shit, that sounds wild. It's fucking weird. I, I didn't enjoy it personally, but uh, maybe, maybe, maybe you will. Like I might, <laughs> but I mean, something on paper in the summary often ends up better than its written verse. And anyone out there that's tried to read it knows exactly what I'm talking about. Because you're a fucking liar if you ever finished it. Right? It's like two Gutenberg Bibles thick. It's like 1,800 pages. And <laughs> and uh, uh, you you're a liar. If you're watching or listening to this and you say you finished it, you're one of like 10 million people that have picked that book up, but actually like finished it. <laughs> I think 10 million is generous. <laughs> uh, I, I, I bought a uh, Kindle version of it around the first time that uh, first movie came out. Um, uh, it chapter one back in 2017. And I was like, oh, I'm going to maybe try and give it a read because I actually really enjoyed that film. 
And I, I read the first chapter and I'm like, how many pages is this? And I looked and it was like over 1800 and I'm like, nope, delete from library. Hundreds of pages or Eight, nothing. 1800 page. I'm like, no, I'm never reading this. I have much better things to do with my time. There are hundreds of pages of just people reminiscing about when they were younger and nothing happening. And then none of it being really that interesting or there's there's also a, the story. There's also a pair in the book. There's also apparently an orgy involving underage characters, which I'm like, I don't want to read that. So it in the book, when they go to kill it in the finale, it creates illusions and changes like reality or the way they perceive themselves. And the girl in the book was someone that a lot of the boys in the friend group coveted, but just right. only one of them ended up getting with or dated or something like that. Um, but they're all changed into kids and to combat the um, transfer of it, like innocence or whatever, they decide to do like lewd adult like acts. So they're all like in their forties or like whatever, or thirties, but they like do this. And in doing those things, they like break the illusion. But I never read that far. I've read people talk about it on YouTube and stuff like that being like, this is why this is do do do, but kind of fucking weird. <laughs> I was just about to say, you can try and explain it all you want, being like, well, no, they, they were actually adults who just looked like children. It, but it's, it, still it's, it's still right weird. in CP, yeah. It, yeah, it's still weird. Like um, Anybody that knows me, like, at all, is I'm a big, like, big fucking no-no in being like, oh, um, it's not CP because um, this 10-year-old girl is actually a 3,000-year-old dragon. Fuck off, anime. I, right. Nope. No, 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 no. You don't get to draw <laughs> underage shit and then be like, oh, but she's a 3000 year old immortal vampire. No, no, no. The depiction <laughs> is what's important. And you, you're a criminal. I'm looking at you artists on Twitter. I don't understand how you get away with that shit. Uh, neither do I. Anyway, <laughs> to, to move and I on. don't understand how Megatron gets away with this shit. Yeah, to, to, to move on to the, uh, the, the, the reason... We went off the, the rails, folks. <laughs> the, the reason the, the people uh, uh, pay to see us is, uh, well, this is episode 92 of Too Much Energon, and this week we are talking about Transformers War for Cybertron Earthrise. That's right, four. we are doing Too Much Energon. We're not just talking in circles. <laughs> yeah, this isn't just a Patreon preamble, people. Jeez. This oh, is like... Good. This is like kind of a peak. This is think of this as like a free Patreon preamble, if you will. Yeah, he's gonna say anyone listening to this for free is like, oh, oh, geez, oh, okay then. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, I went off the went off the rails there. I was like, oh, right, right, right. We're recording. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Hear us complain about Stephen King, while also compliment Stephen King and more. On Patreon. <laughs> uh, actually, on this uh, Patreon preamble, we spent a fair amount of time talking about video games from 2014. Specific, I, I, that occurred to me during our conversation. Oh, yeah. I didn't voice that, but I'm like, I'm like, most of the games we're talking about came out in 2014. Like, yeah, that was weird. Yeah, <laughs> just by like, chance. Talked about Destiny. Talked about uh, uh, Watch Dogs. Like. Yeah, I guess that was a memorable <laughs> year for games. 
I guess. Or in bland year for <laughs> for games because those weren't um they were they were memorably bland. Yeah. I should have started talk speaking of memorably bland, I should have started talking about the evil within, which almost which also came out in 2014. Another game I didn't finish. Memorably. Uh, it, I wanted to like it. It took me uh 3 years to finally finish it. I played it. Took through it took me uh when was that? 2014? Yeah. Um and what year is it now? <laughs> <laughs> 8 years and I'm still not done it. Right. One of these days. One of these days. I I owned it digitally, so I I just a few years later, I think it was around the time the second one came out. I'm like, "All right, I'm going to reinstall this and my my save file was still there, so I'm like, I'm just gonna pick up where I left off. And I finished it and couldn't really tell you what the fuck was happening in the story of that game. Some On paper, I like the themes of it. It's very to, Silent Hill-ish. Something to do with uh people being in a machine called STEM where they're living in a shared dream world that turns into a nightmare. That's basically the story. And you're a, a cop who's like looking for his daughter or something. I don't know. It's like Silent Hill and uh, and like Resident Evil, but like not as good as either. Uh, a lot of Saw influence in that game. There's a lot of Saw influence, which is I love Saw, which is actually what attracted me to the, the game, the, the mix of like um, stealth. But the thing is, outside that first encounter, that's not really a theme of the game. Yeah. But like a lot uh, of stealth, vis- yeah, and visually, like it borrows a lot from Saw. It, you, you can tell uh, Shinji Mikami, who is the uh, creator of Resident Evil, uh, which is why I was so excited about that game. You can tell he really liked the Saw movies. Yeah, and uh, well, he he created a game that uh, played like a lot like Resident Evil Four, which at the time was. Uh, game that had come out like a decade earlier so the game kind of felt antiquated and Mm -hmm. all 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 of its horror was like borrowed from other things very it's a very hackneyed game yeah it's it just needed a little bit more structure in the story yeah anyway uh speaking of structure in the story going off course Uh, we we got the we're picking up right where last week's episode left off, or last mm-hmm. week's we're picking up right where uh, chapter three of War for Cybertron Earthrise left off, which is Autobots are uh, are still battling uh, Scorponok and not yeah, our it favorite. It feels like Scorponok. it's been going on a long time. Not even our favorite Scorponok. Yeah, not our favorite Scorponok. No, not not even in my top two favorite Scorponoks. <laughs> And I only know of two. <laughs> well, apparently um, there there are many Scorpionocks because this Scorpionock reveals himself to be the last of the Scorpionock, and we find out later on that uh, the in Kingdom. Well, well, no, I was going to say we find out later on in this episode that uh, apparently the the Scorpionock are a race of these like Titan class Transformers who the Quintessons built to be laborers. But they never, unlike the the Autobots and Decepticons, they never rose up against their oppressors. There's some interesting social commentary there when we we get there. Yeah. 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 
But yeah, they never, like you said, they never rose up against their oppressors and now they've died off because he's like, I'm the last of the Scorpionox, <laughs> Megatron. <laughs> Who are you, Megatron? Ah, deceivers. I, I found it kind of funny that at one point they, yeah, I, I don't get what he's all like, infectors, deceivers, destroy. I, I, I don't know what the hell this guy is. He's clearly gone mad from being alone on that space station for so long. Mm-hmm. And also but, he disappears and he comes back and he disappears and he comes back between the last episode and this one like three times. They're like, yeah. oh, we finally got him. And then he's back. I, I did find it uh kind of i i don't know if it was a coincidence or not or if this was the voice actor like trying to homage our favorite scorpionok but there is one moment where he actually yells out a Rawr! i'm doing it terribly but it sounded like exactly like the like the yell that beast wars scorpionok would do which you can actually hear in the intro for this show uh yeah that that kind of like <laughs> yeah that <laughs> And yeah, we can't do it, but um, it feels very much like uh, yeah, uh, kind of yeah, a yeah the Scorpionok from Beast Wars scream. <laughs> yeah, he he does it at one point in this episode, and I'm like, I wonder if that was an intentional homage. <laughs> uh, it, it felt uh, okay. It wasn't just me because I was watching this, and I was like, that sounded just like OG Scorpionok. Yeah. Yeah, so what's going on here? There's some unresolved, like, therapy issues between Megatron going on here, right? Well, the... Okay, so the, the Autobots are still fighting uh, Titan, Titan-class Titan Scorponok, and uh, Optimus is... Uh, they're like, oh, we're trapped. What are we going to do? How are we going to get away? And Optimus decides to distract Scorpionox so they can get away but he doesn't really tell them that they kind of just they they kind of just infer that from his actions yeah and they're like oh, oh, what do we do do we run do we do we retreat and bumblebee is like i didn't hear any orders to retreat lock and load and so they all like go and start uh helping prime out and prime gets all mad like yelling at them being like i told you to get the fuck out of here i'm like no you didn't really you just you, that's what I mean. I'm like, there's a lot of conflict in it, and I don't think the story beats matter, but basically it's kind of like they leave, they come back, they try to fight the Scorponok, the Scorponok falls down the uh, like core well. well yeah, that, uh, that was last episode. But, but it happens again in this one, and then he comes back. <laughs> well, it, 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 yeah, it, it, it makes sense why. But uh, yeah, yeah. we'll get there pretty shortly because yeah. uh, this episode moved. This is, by the way, this is uh, an exciting, very exciting. Oh, no, episode. it's a good one. And there's a lot of um, psychological elements to it and um, character development in it. But uh, us talking about it is probably going to be chop chop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, Prime. Oh, right. Gets all Make Make it sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Prime gets all mad at the Autobots, telling them that he wants them to retreat, and they're like, "No, we're we're gonna save you. We're gonna do do all of this together." And then uh, 
Megatron show. Megatron and the Decepticons. Megatron show. with a steel chair. My God. He literally just comes storming across this little battlefield in here. Just prime and, and just starts fucking punching him. And then uh, Soundwave descends from the rafters with a baseball bat. Megatron. <laughs> Crack breaks it over the back of breaks it over the back of bumblebee <laughs> T- tony Schiavone is like it's sound wave <laughs> sound wave our jokes are just like mostly for <laughs> ranger 64. <laughs> this is, take it take us or leave us we're going to talk about metal gear solid and we're going to talk about highlander and we're going to talk about wwe <laughs> oh it's Soundwave. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, we actually have a few uh, listeners that I know of who are pro wrestling fans. So our, I, our, I know our, we're, there's this tiny niche of like Transformers, wrestling, and like Metal Gear Solid fans who also listen to metal. Like, it's I, I, I feel like our shows like attract like a very niche audience who just weirdly happen to be in like into the exact same things that we are which is rad by the way if you're listening which is rad and oddly they're not even like exactly our age yeah not all of them no like most of them are like much younger too (laughs) well i mean much younger i've seen the the age demographics of our our listeners and it's literally all between the ages of 20 and 40 and i'm like yeah that makes sense (laughs) yeah i think i know i i think they're uh we game sprite and ranger are younger i think we we had a uh a like a weird like spike in people like a few handful of people listening who were over 40 and i was like oh in the in the like 40 to 55 range and i'm like oh interesting and then we said some libtard shit (laughs) and we lost (laughs) <laughs> and we lost them. <laughs> Spe- speaking of libtard shit, uh, Optimus tells uh, Wheeljack to go and grab uh, one of the charges to blow up uh, Scorponok, and Wheeljack's like, "But, pr- but Prime, we need them to uh, blow up the space or not the space bridge, the space station, so they can get through the space bridge." And Prime is just like, "Well, if we uh, if we don't blow it up, if, if we don't stop this guy, then we're not going to survive long enough to." find the space bridge or find find the allspark fuck yeah I'm like tripping over my my transformers terminology here today yeah there, there's one cute part where um what can i say people the camping trip i i hit my head on the camping trip yeah no concussion <laughs> we swear no scorpionox in his robot form is like mm, me yummy and he picks up a sound wave and sound wave is like stuck and he's like eat shit scorpionox and Ravage ejects out of his chest. That was like, dope. That that was dope. I thought that fuck. that was fucking rad. Ravage <laughs> comes out, transforms midair, and goes Ruff! <laughs> like he actually barks <laughs> in the show, and weird. he scratches at Scorpionox. He's kind of dog themed. He snarls and kind of makes a mix between a cat and a dog. Like our sound, sound is weird, and wait, wait. um. We, we, he claws, we met... he like kitty claws Scorponok's eyes, and he's like, ah, and he throws Soundwave. Uh, we met grown-up <laughs> Ravage in uh, in Beast Wars, and he was definitely a cat. Yeah, grown-up. All grown-up. 
all all grown up and all grown no. up and has an accent like this <laughs> yeah special upper operative ravage <laughs> yeah uh uh soviet uh soviet spy ravage soviet spy edition <laughs> that could be like um you know like especially in the 90s when you would buy like you there'd be like toy lines for like batman or like whatever and you would have like oh, the red you would have like 50 different versions of batman and it would always be like blast attack batman or like uh arctic freeze <laughs> arctic freeze batman or like uh water tundra batman or something like that this could be like um ravage could be like uh soviet spy ravage red menace <laughs> ravage. red menace ravage <laughs> right because you can't say soviet on the toy no they got away with everything in the 80s <laughs> and 90s and 90s yeah yeah red menace ravage <laughs> should make some uh fan art of red menace ravage <laughs> Uh, put him in one of those like furry hats oh like, like the um like the russian like yeah. military wear yeah yeah one of those <laughs> yeah so in, in soviet <laughs> in soviet cybertron uh decepticon transform you decepticon transform you <laughs> uh, for the motherland as he kamikazes this <laughs> his Klingon bird of prey <laughs> into the whatever. I don't even remember Beast Wars. <laughs> it gets bananas at some point and it didn't. <laughs> oh. Well, that, that, that's why we're here to, uh, to, to talk about and eat the bananas. Eat the bananas. So what's going on here? Megatron finally catches up. He slams, uh, prime with a steel chair and he's all like you committed genocide and prime is like no you <laughs> where'd you get that ship and he's like a little genocide oh no damn no it was your fault and i'm like yeah so something interesting both <laughs> something interesting happens here and the episode actually like calls it out later which i appreciated uh, Megatron has Prime dead to rights. He's got his like gun like pointed right at him, and Prime is like, "We're trying to. We're we know where the Allspark is. We're like we're we're trying to go save it." And Megatron's like, "You're going to die here today, Prime. But if you really want to save Cybertron, you'll still give me the coordinates." And uh, Prime just stands up and points his gun and at picks him. his gun up. But before that, Megatron's like, "Yeah, pick it up. Do do it." Please give me a reason to blast your face off. But then he, he doesn't. And I'm like, interesting. He just lets him pick up the gun. Yeah, interesting. So and the episode shows and he shit talks him. Yeah. Gun, and gun the, gun. Episode, the episode does call it out later, which I appreciate. And we'll get to that pretty, pretty quickly. Um, the writing mixed like some of these episodes are so good. And then other ones are like Megatron's back. And I'm like, <laughs> I guess this episode has cyber bees. <laughs> uh, so, uh, there's an explosion. Uh, there, there's an explosion. Uh, Prime can't. Prime gets out, or Scorponok shows up and like interrupts the uh, uh, interrupts Prime and uh, yeah, because they're still in the middle of this fight and this big dude. Yeah, he's th he's two stories high compared yeah, yeah. to them. 
<laughs> oh, so he by showed... the way, they're not damaging him. <laughs> they're no. fighting him, but like, he's fine. No, they might as well just be like uh, shooting water guns at him. It's for, in like... Destiny when you fight an enemy with a red skull above their head and you're doing one damage. <laughs> Only when you hit their head. Uh, that that's kind of an MMO thing in general now, or like a, a MMO slash RPG thing in general now, because like um, the newer Assassin's Creed games do that too. If you're going to like a outpost or something that's way too high of a level for you, they'll have like a red like skull above them. And not only that, um, there's like an animation interruption if you try to assassinate any of them. They like push you off or counter you. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> or if or if you're if you're close enough in level, but they're still too high, like you'll be able to do the assassination, but it won't actually kill them. It'll just like take like you know like a fifth of their damage. Yeah, it'll, it'll damage. And then their they pull bar. out their blade and yeah, and then like completely murder you. But in the sense of um, gunfights, <laughs> that's what this is reminding me of. They're all fighting. The Autobots and Decepticons are fighting the Scorponok, and they're just seeing little ones fly off him. Yeah. And the whole two episodes, last episode and this episode, there's like a fifth of his HP taken off, and it's like, guys, come on. What are you doing? But yeah, the uh, the explosion happens, and we get a little... You ever get into a... a like a battle in like Final Fantasy or something like that, where your your level is too low to go up against like this like huge boss. But you're able to hold your own enough that you're a like it, it doesn't kill you. Like you can keep healing and whatnot and attacking, but like you're still not damaging you cheese it. it. So so you end up like fighting like uh uh Ultima weapon or something like that for like literally three hours infinity and you're you're <laughs> chipping off like thousandths of a percentage of like damage yeah every round <laughs> and you win at the cost of like 12 year old use like entire afternoon yeah <laughs> an entire sunday afternoon <laughs> we spent <laughs> literally dozens of cycles on this <laughs> yeah oh. and you're like i did it yeah, that that's what's going on here. Yeah, and then when you're, oh, you're and and then like bedtime comes and you're like, okay, brush my teeth, do do do, turn off the TV, leave the system on, come back in the morning, <laughs> keep going. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so uh, Prime has finally like built up enough of his ATB meter to uh, to deliver a limit break in the form of this uh, explosive grenade that Wheeljack tosses him. And it does 12 damage. <laughs> well, it blows the shit out of the space station. And yeah. uh, they end up... Uh, uh, our, our two groups end up getting separated. So we got on one in on one side of the debris, we have Optimus Prime and Megatron. Megatron, who has been impaled by a spike. And mm -hmm. is, looks, looks like he's dying. And on the other side... Presumably, we, if he was left there, he'd just die. Yeah, and on the other side we have the Autobots and the rest of the Autobots and Decepticons. Mm-hmm. And um there's a moment between RC and Bumblebee when they wake up that I noticed. Uh I I was too busy looking at uh dem thighs of RC. <laughs> Damn, man. <laughs> she does squats. Yeah. 
let's just say. But yeah, they uh, wake up and they're in zero grav. Right. And um, Wheeljack is like, found it. Oh, boy. And he goes over to a lever. And I'm like, why is there a lever that controls the gravity? Then how did it get turned off? Maybe it's like an emergency power situation whatever that, that's what i'm guessing like emer- like because of the explosion the uh uh artificial gravity had been like damaged or whatever and this was like a fail safe essentially essentially like hitting a generator turning a generator on so a backup generator when a zero gravity situation is introduced in sci-fi there's usually a, a moment or a small scene yep where i'm thinking dead space here dead space there's a moment or a small scene regardless of how long it is where something is accomplished where the zero gravity um creates a problem that they have to maneuver around or gives an advantage or whatever it progresses it the zero gravity is turned off right away by wheeljack and bumblebee's like hey hey no like wait and he's like got it and they all clatter to the ground comically yeah so why uh, why not let them float around or fight in zero grav and have like a really cool zero gravity like gunfight or hey, I just weird also why weren't uh, Optimus and Megatron in zero G as well it's the same room it, they've just been like right, separated debris. by debris oh I forgot yeah. I thought they were on the other side of the ship for... yeah you're right yeah they're still in the same room. It's just they've been separated by debris. Yeah, and why would Prime be pinned if it was zero gravity? Yeah. You'd just be able to push... Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't think about this until just now. I... Huh. I never even thought about that. Technically, he wouldn't have been pinned? Unless they were in zero G and whatever. We're overthinking it, folks. Uh, yeah. Wow. Them this this is a cart... This is a calves. cartoon for Christ's sake. <laughs> There's a part where um, Bumblebee almost falls down into the uh, the core's like shaft, yeah. And um, RC like picks him up, and um, them calves and thighs. Let me tell you, yep. Uh, yep. N- not not exactly toy accurate because I have the War for Cybertron uh, Earthrise RC figure, and she has quite dainty legs. I actually don't like it. Oh. How dare. <laughs> I, I, I know. I like how they made her look in this show more than the toy. She's still got the basic design, but they definitely made her thicker. Mmm, really? Yeah. They made her thicker. They, they, the animators of the show, they knew what they were doing. They knew what they were doing. <laughs> and what they were doing was uh, Primus's work. <laughs> They're doing Primus's work, damn it. Yep. Oh, oh, oh. Cal is sneezing. That's just me sneezing, folks. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not even going to edit that out. <laughs> um, I dramatically led up to it, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, she picks him up and he's like, oh, thanks. Um, and they kind of look at each other and they look at Wheeljack and he's like, we got more important problems. And they were like, oh, or whatever. And uh, it's not obvious, but there's some, I think... I feel like there's something there. Mm. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, you know where there is something. Uh, Starscream uh, becomes very opportunistic and is like, 
Well, after that explosion, Megatron is obviously dead. I am now your leader. Ah, a perfect time for me to get up to Starscream shenanigans. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> and uh, who was that doing? There's a payoff to this later that I found really funny. Y yeah. Um, and my partner's watching it with me. And she enjoyed this episode without watching anything leading to it or from right. it. And she's like, fucking Starscream. And I'm like, right? And he's like, what a scamp. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Starscream like, doing oh, some Starscream man. bullshit. He, he's quintesson he's quintessential starscream on this this netflix series by the way and other people will go well, hang on you can't say that because he's from g1 and the movie but they're speaking of um um the transformers the movie there's some lines quoted from that in in this episode there is yeah yeah um the uh, the i still function line mm-hmm yeah. yeah, I caught. Uh, I'm like to what end, <laughs> or something like that. Is it to boat to boat what end or something? Well, it's um, in Transformers the movie when Starscream uh, is going to throw Megatron out of Astro Train into space. Uh, Megatron's like, "Wait, I still function." Starscream's like, "Wanna bet?" Oh, he says, "Wanna bet?" Yeah, yeah. But um, and in this show. Uh, uh, Megatron says to Starscream when Starscream is talk like talking about how like he's taken control or something like that. And Megatron in the show is like, "I still function," and I'm like, "Huh, good callback." Yeah, I, I, I like that. I still function, but he doesn't eject him out of. Uh, uh, he doesn't eject him out of um, <laughs> Astro Train, does he? Uh, instead. Um, Megatron's done something that I've been like waiting for him to do. And even my partner was like, oh my God, just shoot him. And he does. <laughs> he does. Yeah, that was the uh, the moment that I found, that I alluded to, that I found quite comical. Was uh, He's just fucking done with them. Except that he's not done with them because he's like, he'll be back. <laughs> before we get before we get to all of this right, in the right, episode, right. though, uh, uh Megatron is Megatron and uh Optimus. I keep wanting to say Gary. It's like it's because not, it's, it's not it's not Gary, yeah. It's not Gary. It's not the right it's not the right Optimus, but I keep wanting to say Gary. Oh yes. <laughs> um but yeah, they're on the other side of a bunch of debris and they have some alone time. Mhm. Mm where they get to speak freely to each other and I think this is the only time they do. Right? Yeah. And In the entire show, I'm trying to think. I want to say yes. They they actually have like a little one-on-one. Uh, -on -one and uh, Megatron is like, how did we get here? Yeah. And, and, and Optimus, Prime... is, Optimus <laughs> is like, oh, well, there was an explosion and we got separated. And he's like, you oh, no, you, you idiot. idiot. That because here's the thing Megatron is smarter than Prime, totally. Yeah, I can... <laughs> which is probably what aggravates Megatron more. 
because I, I, he, he knows that he is right yeah <laughs> but it's just like oh well there was an explosion and we must have been separated and no you idiot <laughs> how is it that you keep cheating death <laughs> and leaving me to suffer the consequences <laughs> yeah i i I know yeah, and on that note, um I, I know we've talked about this before, but I really feel like this Cybertron would be better off without both of them. This point I'm like watching it and I'm like, you both keep making chess moves where you're sacrificing pieces. And instead of and, putting each other into checkmate, you keep um and, doing weird maneuvers to keep the game going. To keep the game going over and over and over like two people that don't really know how to fucking play chess like me when i was a teenager and well me now um and then you end up with a king and like a knight and a pawn and the the others and and team black has like a king um and like a bishop and like one rook. or two pawns or into <laughs> rook yeah and you keep trying oh geez oh it's the final how, how are we going to do this and neither of you will stalemate or um what's it called when you give up um uh sussy no um i wow my vocabulary uh in a memento when you give up in chess why am i so uh da, 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 da. the etiquette of concede. resigning concede 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 i'm like succeed no that's when you take over concede and none of you are conceding that's what's going on here yeah except that all the pieces are like cybertron and the lives <laughs> yeah on it it's like guys you you like you you both suck so much <laughs> yeah and uh, uh, so Optimus, uh, the thing that I mentioned earlier about how the episode acknowledges that uh, Megatron didn't shoot Optimus, Optimus points this out. He's like, he's like, you had me dead to rights and you didn't shoot me. And Right, because it starts with Megatron being like, <laughs> why can't you just say it? Mm -hmm. And I'm like... What are they talking about? And then he was, he, he does it. He, he admits. Prime that he, says, I, I was, was, I was wrong. wrong. I, I fucked up. I, I shouldn't have taken the Allspark off Cybertron. But then Megatron doesn't fucking admit any fault. So he's lucid enough, <laughs> right? Where he's like, you piece of shit. You can't admit that you've done anything wrong. And then... Optimus is like, no, yeah, I, I fucked up. Well, what about you and your like fucking genocide of your own people? He's like, hey, 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 I had to come and get you. And I'm like, oh. well, okay, so it's one sided. Well, because Prime asks, he's like, how did you get here? And he's like, I built a ship. And he's like, but how? <laughs> like, how'd you get the, the Energon? Uh, the Energon and the parts to do that. He's like, I culled my own people. And Prime's like, uh, what? Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it becomes kind of a back and forth of like, how could you commit genocide of your own people? And Megatron's like, well, you committed genocide first by taking the Allspark. 
No, you. <laughs> no, you. Yeah. I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm kind of mocking this, but this is actually the best scene in the episode, in my opinion. The best scene, one of the best scenes on the show. Like the War for Cybertron, I think. Yeah. And so Prime is like, uh, yeah, you had me dead to rights, like, and you didn't pull the trigger. Yeah. And the the re I, I know why is because you need me. If it wasn't for me and my like stupid little insurgency, like you would never have amassed all the power and support of the Decepticons that you did. He's like, you need me to keep me alive yeah. to, to be to be a bad guy for your people to rally behind to rally behind you against. And I'm like, man's got a point. I don't want to kill you. No, no, no. <laughs> you. Complete me. <laughs> uh, kind of. Yeah. That movie holds up fantastically. Yeah. I, you I, Say what you want about the other two. Nolan. Batman's too. But that one. Yeah. We Every once in a while we mention Black. Uh, Black Knight. <laughs> uh, Dark Knight. There is a movie called Black Knight. Uh, there's also the Black Knight from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That's true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is but a scratch. Now that guy knows duty. <laughs> oh, but yeah, what else? I think there's a, a mention of Alita One. Oh yeah, he, he's Megatron like you calls are her just... Ariel. He's like you're just like Ariel, and Prime's you're like just like Ariel, and he's mean... like you mean Alita One. What is her status? So yeah, uh, Ariel. Uh, okay, I'm gonna do some uh, legitimate journalism here because let's uh, deep dive a little. Because uh, I'm curious, Ariel Elita One. All right, Elita One. Before she was Elita One, remember um, how they were like a slave cast? I I guess she was oh. a simple manual laborer, Ariel. Okay, a female counterpart to Optimus Prime. Okay, so uh, Prime, before he became the leader of the Autobots, was uh, Orion Pax. Right. So, yeah, Elita One was known as Ariel before she became a soldier. Huh, cool. And so that was their name before they f rose up against the right. Quintessons? The or... Quintessons, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Right, right. And Megatron was, uh, or is it just Megatron? <laughs> I'm curious. What was? I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> uh, there is a Elita One toy coming out in as part of the current uh, Transformers Legacy line. I think it comes out in November. I have it pre-ordered on Amazon. And uh, I didn't really know much about Elita One. Uh, prior to watching the War for Cybertron trilogy, because folks, yeah. I actually haven't watched through all of G1. I've only seen like maybe a 20 episodes, and they're all just random episodes that I've seen. It's so I, I wasn't familiar with Elita One prior to this. I, yeah. I, I, I'm a terrible Transformers fan, <laughs> I know, but uh, watching this show has uh, made me like Elita One enough that I really yeah. want to get a toy of her. Yeah, uh, me I think. She's one of my favorite characters in War for Cybertron. Oh, if totally. Yeah. Not, if not my favorite. And even though he doesn't have much screen time, I man, I really like Magnus too. Yeah. Uh, what what he represents. Right. 
I, I like Megatron because he's right. a lot in this show. You like what? I like Megatron a lot in the show. I think oh, yeah. he's Absolutely. one of my favorite characters. He has the most depth out of any version of the character I've seen. Absolutely. Uh, most depth. Um, even going on here in the, the episode, because it's like, oh, you remind me just like Ariel. And indeed, um, Megatron uh, Optimus is like, you mean Alita 1. What is her status? She's dead. And, um, and he's like, I presume, because she was leading a resistance, little resistance on Cybertron and uh, dwindling resources. You know, she's obviously, she must be dead. That now. setup, what a turd, <laughs> what a shithead. Yeah, he's she's dead. She is dead. And then as like uh, Prime like walks away and is like, he's got the Arthur hand rage meme, like, oh, geez, he's going to punch him. And he's like, presumably... She yeah. was leading a nasty little rebellion back home. <laughs> and I'm like, you little she, shithead. She's got to be dead by now, bro. Yeah, it was just a matter of time. Yeah. Fewer resources, blah, blah, blah. I tried to recruit her, but there's too much of Alpha Trion polluting her circuits. Just like you. And I'm like, the desire to do good? I. One of these days, Megatron is going to have to, like, admit that he's done one thing, one or two things wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Well, and uh, that that's one of the differences between uh, Optimus Prime and Megatron in this show. And like we and we've said for we for many episodes now that they're they're both kind of terrible leaders. But Optimus Prime at least is ad finally admitting fault, whereas Megatron still he's doubling do down that. on he's doubling down on his actions and I think that's one of the big things that separates the two of them that's what makes Prime the good guy and Megatron the bad guy yeah and again good dynamic yeah very good really dynamic. good dynamic there it's like oh I'm gonna double down Megatron you have 18 I, you heard me hit me oh okay okay Okay, 19. Hit me. Uh, really? Hit me. All right. Wow, another ace. Cool. Uh, hit me. 20, are, are you fucking you kidding me, bro? <laughs> uh, I said hit me, damn it. Stop trying to hit me and hit me. Stop trying to hit me and hit me. All Do right. you understand what doubling down in poker means, Megatron? Hit me. You have 21. Hit me! I don't even think you can continue once you have 21, by the way. Well, in Blackjack, yeah, yeah, tw it, it goes up to 21. And so he's like, hit me! And Prime's <laughs> like, all right. Oh, a fucking king. There, are you happy now? You have 30. You busted. Well, in doubling down, you double your initial bet, and you, yeah. you take a hit, but your turn's over. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can't hit again, right? So it's like being hit, but just you get one card. Right. Um, <laughs> doubling down at like 19 or 20 and getting an ace. That, that's what Megatron's hoping for <laughs> at this point, right? So what's happening here? He's like, okay, I'm going to save you, Megatron. And he's like, all you have, you are so pathetic and weak. You're a little bitch, Optimus. All you have to do to win is do nothing. Yeah, just... Can't even don't do help that. and you can't even do that you 
fucking pussy. And I'm like, what do you want, Megatron? <laughs> like, I, <laughs> do you? So Optimus is like, listen here, you son of a bitch. I'm going to save you, and we're going to work together, and we're going to go get the AllSpark and take it home, and we are going to go out for beers afterward and hire a new interior decorator. And then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll punch it out, we'll fight it out, and get it out of our system. And then uh, after a few, uh, and then after some more beers, some, uh, who knows, we might end up fucking. We'll either go our separate ways or end up fucking. <laughs> Who's to say? Uh, <laughs> and um, back when they're having this discussion and Prime is like, well, I'm going to unpenetrate you this pipe from your chest and this is going to really going to hurt. Shut Megatron's, the heart. <laughs> Megatron's bleeding, by the way, like green. Yeah, he's blood. bleeding. He's got a uh, pink uh, Danganronpa oh. blood. Oh, right. Uh, coolant. Pink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> coolant um flowing from them when it hits the ground it turns a darker like purple color i like that effect mm. um but yeah back on the area above where they were or whatever the other side of the rubble um starscream makes his his move against the autobots right and they they get in a shootout and uh by golly wouldn't you know it um they're ordered to stop and out of the smoke in a side room comes um, Optimus shouldering Megatron. And uh, Starscream gets all pissed about this. He's like, Decepticons, look, our piece of shit leader there is colluding with the Autobots. Mm -hmm. He's he's a traitor. Follow me. And yeah. he, here's the bit that we were talking about earlier where Megatron is, it just decides to fucking shoot him. Because Starscream is like, ha, I'm taking over command, Megatron. What are you going to do about it, huh? What are you going to do about it, huh? Bone? Fucking pussy, huh? I'm taking over. <laughs> what are you going to do? Shoot me? <laughs> Boom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's like, ah! <laughs> and he, he falls down the hole. He falls down the hole that, like, everybody has. And Megatron is just like, he'll be back. Oh. <laughs> I didn't hear <laughs> one sec. Did you? Did you yeah. hear what? What was it? Uh, I I well I heard uh like clanging and stuff. Oh. <laughs> I'm recording. But yeah, um oh the lighting situation's going wonky here. Whatever. Uh just consider it a perk. <laughs> It's doing that thing where it's like the the brightness of the time of day is oh and it's gone. Okay, you just look like you're uh, straight out of a um, action movie from the like mid to late two thousands. I I would <laughs> right. That was such a weird trend in film. Okay, yeah, was, let's I, let's talk I, about that for a sec. I know I, exactly I, what you're talking about. I think it was the Bourne identity that started it, where like super grainy picture, but like the white light was super white on everything. It was like super like overexposed, almost all the like time. cell, not cell shaded. Uh, it's hard to. 
overexposure yeah there was a yeah the light was like super overexposed all the time so like anytime light would be like shining on like someone's face or like an object or something it would like turn it like almost pure white like what's going on with your face right here yeah and that was a trend that lasted so long in film like that i've only really within the past like within the past like five or six years have started to notice that trend going away yeah I'm, it's, as soon as you mentioned it, I was like, I, I know exactly what you're going to say. Um, oh, I wish that had a name because I remember it seeing it everywhere. It was a style of cinematography that was just really in at the time. And fortunately, it seems to not be anymore because I always mm -hmm. hated it. Yeah, as soon as you mentioned it, I was like, I know what you're talking about. You know what? Like, you know you know why? I, I, I'm... I'm gonna gonna go out on a limb here and say, you know why I think that trend fell out of favor? Marvel movies. Marvel movies didn't follow it, and Marvel movies had this very like clean like look to them, very clean and crisp. Right, perfect lighting, perfect, perfect exposure, perfect or... lighting, perfect exposure, no grain in the picture whatsoever. They look like very picturesque, like just perfect and clean. And I think that like over grainy, overexposed look that was so big in the 2000s and early 2010s, I think it fell out of favor because the Marvel movies don't follow that. Huh. You know, that's when they started picking up and crossing over with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Iron Man and yeah. yeah. No, I, th I think you're right. I actually remember that that huh. first Avengers movie, like to me, because I was so used to that, like big budget films having that look. I remember... Uh, the first Avengers movie kind of looking cheap to me because it didn't look like right. that. Right. Because it didn't have, like you said, like it was uh, every angle had that um, lighting effect and there wasn't any overexposure and there wasn't any gamma. It, everything. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Anyway. Uh. Uh, just quick cinema, cinematic observation we've made, folks. Yeah, yeah, just a little sidebar there. Assist the filthy rebels. <laughs> I thought your metal was stronger, Megatron. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Starscream blasting off again. <laughs> the Megatron is, tells the Decepticons that they're going to help the Autobots. Optimus takes Megatron to Wheeljack and he's like, he needs repairs. And Wheeljack is like, uh, bruh. Uh, <laughs> and Optimus is like, we need every able bodied transformer to go up against that, that Titan class figure. God damn it. Now do as I say. And Wheeljack's like, all right, if you say so. Okie dokie, boss. And indeed, hold still, this is going to hurt. Scorponok comes back and again. And um, they start fighting it, and it's Bumblebee. Um, he captures, like, Prime or someone in his claw, and he starts shooting its head. And he's like, that's it. That's its weakness. Shoot its head. And I'm like, guys. Well, what? That's, what... that's literally every Transformer's weakness. Well, that <laughs> no, this is actually a nod to something. The original Scorponok toy, like the, the original one from, like, the early 90s, was a uh, what was known as a headmaster 
headmasters were transformers okay. that had detachable heads and their detachable head was also a little transformer that would transform into a little robot it was a line what? like late in the uh, transformers franchise uh headmasters yeah so huh. uh I I think with uh, this uh, this Scorpinox weakness being its head, and even right down to the fact that Optimus has like a cord and is trying to sever his head, I think that's a nod to the fact that the original toy was a headmaster. Okay, that's cool, man. Good, good catch. Oh shit, these! I remember seeing some of these. Yeah, the very simplified like little head parts. Yeah. Um, when they were in their robot form, they could also pilot it. Yeah, like they were they were the the pilot for the uh, vehicle form. I yeah. mean, oh, cool! I, I've and seen Scorpinock the, the was one of them. I've seen the episode of the G. Yeah, uh, he was. Uh, I've seen the episode of uh, G One, the G One cartoon that introduced the Headmasters. It's so weird. You got characters <laughs> like RC, like established like Transformers being like. Hey, RC is like, hey, Daniel, guess what? We're we're good friends, right? They're going to sever my head and create a like cockpit for you to sit in inside my head to control me. And then you can detach my head anytime you want and turn it into a little robot and control that. That's a little weird. It's one of those things where, and I, I've said this before. The toy you, came and then they have to write it into the show. Well, and... I, I mentioned this before, but like, if you think of, don't think of these things as just machines. If you think of them as like living organisms that just happen to be mechanical, stuff like that's really fucking weird. <laughs> when you start thinking about it, uh, maybe I'm overthinking it. But like, what else are we gonna do on a Transformers podcast besides I, overthink Transformers? Exactly. That's, that's what we're paid to do. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's why that that's the that's the price of admission right there. <laughs> well, I think I like that. On this then that f- makes sense because they're removing the little little guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's just a little guy. Um, twice in this episode, uh, ravage by licking or making motions like he's licking and sniffing like a dog, he wakes up Starscream. And I, and I liked that. It, it happens twice. After that initial big explosion, he's like, get off me. And now after he's been shot down into like the pit, Ravage is there like waking him up again. And he's like, ah, get off. I yeah, thought and, that uh, was funny. It happens twice. Um, and somehow Starscream GTFOs and goes back to Nemesis. Yeah, he goes back to the Nemesis and Barricade is there, like, operating the controls. Weirdly, Barricade is, seems to be the only guy on the bridge. Which I'm like, I feel like this ship requires more of a crew than just one dude. Maybe it's in standby mode and the rest of the crew is on. But the, the rest of the crew is just, like, four four people. It's, like, Starscream, Soundwave, Megatron, and, like, someone else. I can't remember who. And obviously Ravage. Maybe an AI opera <laughs> like Tel- uh teletran, teletran 2 <laughs> tele what would be the decepticon name of teletran 1 teletran 1 megatran 2 <laughs> i uh be got oh, a good te- idea for teledam 1 <laughs> teledam 1 oh <laughs> uh, but what happened what's going on here jeez it's all over the place um 
Oh, eventually, um, when they knock Scorponok down a hole again, or whatever, the Decepticons turn on the Autobots. And a car alarm starts going off. <laughs> I'm, I'm just bugging. <laughs> I've gotten a lot of... I'm just waiting for a dog to start working. <laughs> It's, um, it's fine. No, I know. I was just for uh, audio <laughs> listeners for humorous effect. I just made um, an over exaggerated uh, <laughs> face from the the car alarm. Right. Uh, I don't <laughs> think it's, so. Starscream is trying to steal the nemesis, and the car alarm goes off. And he's like, "Oh shit! How do you turn this thing off? <laughs> oh, Megatron's gonna be angry." He like, he like climbs under the dashboard and is like pulling wires, like trying to hotwire. Ah, got it. And meanwhile, uh, who was the other Decepticon there? That was such a thing in '80s movies: was people hotwiring cars. Remember that? And it was always just people like pulling like two wires and like putting them together and like <laughs> twisting them. Yeah. Putting them together and twisting them, or uh, touching them together. Yeah, a con- conductor. And I'm like, I don't even know. Watching if that's a- '80s movies has made me so sure that I can <laughs> hotwire old cars. That it, that if need be to escape from the uh, random pit of quicksand, you can just hotwire a nearby car. <laughs> Man, when I was a kid, I thought hotwiring cars and escaping quicksand would be so much more prevalent in my life <laughs> than it actually was <laughs> and it actually was <sighs> i've only ex- escaped from quicksand once it was actually for 10 hot seconds it was extremely scary and then i was like oh just step out of it <laughs> grab like a branch and wiggle my like leg free like slowly get a friend to like branch help me it was more like mud who's weird you're you're like quicksand zero cal one that's right (laughs) (laughs) my grave quicksand one cal no cal one quicksand one (laughs) because it only needs to win once (laughs) oh I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but there's a weird... And then the Mortal Kombat announcer is like, Final round! Fight! <laughs> I just crawl out of my grave. <laughs> take on, like, an idle fighting stance. A big blob of quicksand is in front of you. Oh, fuck, man. It reminds me of, like, <laughs> It just, like, flops on top of you, and the announcer is like, Finish him! Flawless victory. <laughs> Fatality. <laughs> Oh, fatality. What's going on here? There's no fatalities in this episode, though. Kind of? Almost? Starscream does something, and it kind of... Okay, so I, I have things to, oh, to say. Scorponok's blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah. so Scorponok is he's overhearing all of them shit talk each other. Oh, and uh, on, on, uh, to the surprise of no one, Megatron double-crosses Optimus. And there's kind of like, hey... Put down your weapons, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so this is what's going on. I'm executing Prime for crimes against Cybertron, for uh, committing genocide, and for destroying our planet, our race, and our entire way of life. 
Right. And mostly because I will enjoy it beyond measure. And Scorbinok's like, hang on a second. Well, because Optimus is like judging someone. You sound like a Quintesson, buddy. Sounds awfully Quintesson-ish, homie, bruh. And uh, but as Scorbinok is like, nothing like a Quintesson. Quintessons. You are of the creators? And he's like, you two fought and won against the creators. Now you're bickering amongst yourselves and you destroyed the planet that you had? Fuck you guys. You guys... You had all of this and you... Fuck you. And I'm like... Yeah, I'm... I'm actually, actually kind of with Scorponok on this one. With Scorponok on this one. He's like, and like you're acting like a Quintesson? You know what? Whoever this Megatron guy is, get fucked. And he goes specifically to go and, and fight Megatron, get, letting the Autobots, Autobots have a chance to... The Autobites, those are like a food-based... The Autobots. Autobites, those are like the... Um, uh, that, that that could be like a marketing tie-in. New Kellogg's Autobite cereal. Part of a complete breakfast. Tiny little cereal. That Autobots. Like Autobot uh, insignia. And Deceptimunch. <laughs> Autobites and Deceptimunch. <laughs> we, we need to hold on to that, that idea. Available at your local Target for only $3.99. <laughs> oh, God. It's going to taste terrible. And it's going to cut the roof of your mouth like Captain Crunch. Yeah. Just like absolutely like super hard. Oh, its shelf life is eight years. Why? Because it's already the consistency of concrete. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, a million deceptive bucks idea we have here. Yeah. And due to inflation, that means, let's see, worth at least $50 Canadian. <laughs> Oh, so what's happening? There's some. They escape. Well, we need to. We we need to uh, trade. We need to invest our million Deceptibucks into Decepticoin, the crypto version of Deceptibucks. And then in the week following, where there's an immediate huge spike as people buy Decepticoin, we bail and sell all of it, and then it like tanks down to like and no, then instead of making. And then instead of making $50 Canadian, we'll make like $250 Canadian. While everyone else that spent $100 buying Decepticoin, it's worth pennies. Yeah. But, but your, your purchase of Decepticoin will make us literal hundreds of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Decepticoin. We should make our own crypto. I don't think we're wealthy enough to. I've <laughs> I've looked into it a bit, and it it's, it seems like a board, um, like trust fund kids trying to heist people, right? Th th which they're now starting to get arrested for. Uh, <laughs> that uh, invest in this kind of thing because you need to buy into the Ethereum blockchain, and I I don't know what I'm talking about, folks. It's, it's a scam. Be cool. It's all a it's scam. scam. Yeah, <laughs> that and NFTs. Uh, especially, especially NFTs. NFTs. People are getting arrested for those scams and shit now. It's people it's have finally people have finally woken up to the fact that uh, NFTs are 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 a sham. Uh, but you know who's angry about 
uh, wasting $10,000 on NFTs, Starscream. So angry that he blows everyone up? Like yeah, so he he orders Barricade to uh, to uh, lock all weapons onto the the base station, and Barricade's like, "Wait, but Megatron's on there," and he's like, "Ha ha, but Megatron's dead." And he's like, "But we still got other people on there." Fuck you! Get out of my way! Slaps him to the side, and I'm like, firing. The two people left in the universe from Cybertron would be you and Barricade, Starscream. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> Who would you rule? Well, well, and even so, like they're they wouldn't even still be alive though, because uh, Barricade also points out that like they're because they're so close, the explosion would kill them too, and Starscream just doesn't care. So he he's like he he's gone full. Uh, he's really really mad about really mad at Megatron and the Autobots here that he's willing to just take himself out in the process. He's gone full but, a lot more, man. But what? Uh, so what about the thing about this scene that uh, kind of bugs me is Optimus is like is like activate. He tells Ironhide to engage the warp engines of the Ark so because they need to get away, and Ironhide goes to do that. Now remember when they came to this station, they said, "This is unless we can figure out how to get the space bridge to work, this is a one-way trip because we don't have enough energon to leave." I didn't see them finding like they mentioned that there's trace amounts of energon in the station in one of the episodes. I don't see didn't see them actually like collecting any of this energon. So where do they have the power to warp away in the arc? Hmm. <laughs> Plot hole. Uh, maybe off screen some nameless Autobots collected some of the energon. They sent the Autobites out to, to go and collect it. <laughs> go get them. Yeah, they're they're tiny little ones that can just carry like a single cube of energon. Yeah, uh, or in this case, they're cylinders. On War for Cybertron, they've, they've always shown them as cylinders, haven't they? Oh, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, unlike in previous iterations of Transformers, whereas Energon is depicted as being like a crystal, uh, Energon here appears to be like, um, like I like a gas batteries or, or inside cylinders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big like well, pink and mostly or are they blue? I can't. Well, and when, oh, it's uh, shown crystals kind of raw Energon. When Shockwave. It has actually when sh so maybe this is just refined energon when shockwave was extracting the energon from the sparks of uh all of those uh decepticons and those pods uh gas would release from their like a smoke would release from their body right so i feel like energon in its refined form is like uh like a gaseous substance in this show and much like propane maybe under pressure yeah it can be liquidized yeah like in these high pressure canisters yeah to to store it more in a smaller sp space yeah there we go yeah we, that, we figured it out we it's, like <laughs> it's like propane it's like propane we figured it out if only uh, i yeah. if only i had known this when i went on my camping trip i could have saved uh saved myself driving all over the place looking for fucking propane tanks find the crystals uh, you know, take your your credit card and make make lines in it. That's if you really want to pick me up. Um, but you grind it down, grind it down into a 
So you take so you take the energon crystal. Um, you get then like you burn a, it. You, you take get your a, lighter you get and a, a spoon and you burn it a into a gas. You, you smash it up into a bunch of crystals and then you um, grind those like little shards up and you put it in your uh, your crack pipe and you get out a torch and smoke it. And then in its gas form, if you condense that, you get the cylinders. Yeah, that's how you truly get too much energon. And speaking of getting to too much energon, energon is meth, is what I'm saying, folks. Energon's meth. <laughs> and the uh, the the transformers have uh, found a way to uh, harness its true power <laughs> <laughs> to power their spaceships. Power thirst. <laughs> The it's power of the sun. The, can. <laughs> the power of the sun in the palm of my hand. <laughs> in this crack pipe. <laughs> Unlimited power. <laughs> <laughs> I live! I live! <laughs> Fuck. And speaking of living... We're going um, right off the, the rails. This is what happens when we don't record for like a week or so. Yeah. <laughs> um... Everybody lives. Uh, the space station is blown to smithereens. Uh, so is the arc from the Nemesis's really cool effect on the Nemesis ship. All of these arcs of energy, like pink, purplish, like energy, go do 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 and shoot around the ship, right? And um, go out in a beam right in front of it. Cool effect. Um, and then there's a flash of white, just as the arc was supposed to engage in its warp. And um, um, on the the bridge the of the arc, flash, there's uh, the bridge of the arc, the bridge of the arc, and uh, on the screen is just a black void. And, and Ironhide's yeah, like, we're we're in the exact same spot. Like we we didn't in, I didn't have time to engage the warp engines, but our yeah we didn't warp anywhere. We're in the exact same place. So yeah, because Prime's like, well, what do you mean we didn't? Where are we? Exactly where we were. Yeah. And then there's a shimmering effect. Like a rainbow or an oil sheen as they like look off into this black void. Yeah. Some temporal shenanigans happened and boom. That's the episode. That's the episode, folks. Uh here on Too Much Energon, we uh have a rating system, a three-scale system that goes from um not enough energon which is bad a sufficient amount of energon which is okay and too much energon which is good uh siege episode four of war for cybertron earthrise what are you what are, you, what are your thoughts there what are you giving it it gets a big old too much energon from me. I thought this was a really exciting episode. I liked the fights. I love the uh, the the scene with Optimus and Megatron. And uh, oh, I, I like the fact that Megatron finally just shoots Starscream. He's finally just <laughs> right. like fuck you, right? I, I forgot to mention too. I thought I thought it was cool that uh, Wheeljack's version of uh, repairing Megatron was he literally just like bolted a piece of metal over the the hole yeah used a plasma cutter on the initial um wound but yeah. then bolts like a um a rectangular like rivets a rectangular like a piece of steel onto it yeah there it's cool go, looking yeah yeah and now he's presumably he's gonna have that the rest of the 
the show. If I recall correctly, even into Kingdom, yeah, he still has it, which is one a... thing I like about the show is all their little scorch marks and claw marks and scratch marks or whatever persist. Yeah. They, they their their damage stays on the, the models. That's cool. Yeah. I dig it. The, um, uh, the I... War for Cybertron Siege toys actually had uh, battle damage effects like that on them. A lot of Transformers fans uh, hated it and bitch about it. I think it actually looks really cool. I want to start collecting more of the uh, Siege figures. Oh, do they? Oh, yeah, they do. I remember. Yeah, it's just the damage that you see in the show. Yeah. For Cybertron figures. Figurines. Yeah, they just have that that effect applied to them. Yep. But that's cool. That's more detail. Why would yeah, they just I, want like shiny plastic? Uh, I think so. But uh, what I've noticed is Transformers fans, uh, collectors especially, are quite fickle. But I, get, I mean, you're you're gonna find that in any like devout, like dedicated hardcore fan base. That just looks much more detailed and weathered and realistic to me. Yeah, me too. I, I like the battle damage effect on the siege figures. Like it's like it's 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 more um it's more work to make them look like that, clearly. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I think they look cool. I'm looking at them like right now. Yeah, they all look rad. <laughs> Can't please everyone. Uh did um, this episode please you? It did. Um, I'm giving it too much energon as well. This is one of the better episodes. Um, it finally tells us what Scorponok is. <laughs> uh, the la, you fool! I am the last one. Um, and you can't die, you fool! You're Scorponok. <laughs> you can't die, you fool! You're Scorponok. <laughs> Fuck that! There you go. We had to tie. Hey, they were trying to remove his head. That's true. Oh, yeah, they were. He is a headmaster. There we go. We've tied it. We we've now in this episode we we've managed to reference Metal Gear. Uh, eight I wasn't mile. sure how we'd do Highlander, but Eight Mile. Going for a rip. <laughs> I and now Highlander. I'm sure we reference like 20 other things in this. Oh yeah. This sort of the podcast. Long this is going to be one of our longer ones as of yeah. late. Oh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do, brother? And yeah, so we both give it too much energy on. Yep. It's great. So that was episode 92 of Too Much Energy on. Uh, if you want to support the show, uh, go to patreon.com slash lasercomb, L-A-Z-O-R-C-O-M-B. There is a single $5 tier now known affectionately as the Gary tier, which gives you preamble audio of us kind of talking about whatever before we get into talking about the show, the show's proper uh, there's also, you also get movie commentary tracks. Uh, we have a news and current events program called Laser Comb Tonight, where we sometimes we get a little uh, spicy with political talk. Also, lots spicy. of talk about lots of talk about Elon Musk. That's how you know we're in the dark dimension. And Every 30... week or two, we're like, there's something that we're surprised that Elon Musk did. <laughs> and I go out of my way of uh, of making sure that we talk about the latest uh, news of, in the uh, growing menace that is feral hogs. I, it's, <laughs> I'm telling you, like, it's not going to be cockroaches that take over the dystopian, nightmarish, um, post-apocalyptic future. It's, it's going to be feral hogs. <laughs> 30 to 50 of them. 
specifically. <laughs> uh, yeah, and also you get to uh, pick a show for us to review a random episode of on our other uh, weekly podcast, the Lasercomb Podcast. So go check that out. Patreon.com slash Lasercomb. Uh, follow the show on Twitter at Too Much Energon, or you can follow me. I am at Lasercomb. Cal, you are at. And I am at NeoCal, N E O underscore K A L. We'll be back next week with episode 93 of Too Much Energon, where we're going to be talking about Transformers War for Cybertron Earthrise Chapter 4. And until then, I've been one of your hosts, The Siege. And I've been NeoCal. And until next week, roll out. Yeah, the deceivers, <laughs> infiltrators, ah! <laughs> polluters, transformers. I'm from the great white north, right? Like up above the states? Yeah. The big landmass that the rest of the world hates? Yeah. We're like above that. Fucking north, I guess. The big patch of trees where everybody's bored to death. We're just chilling up here, sipping syrup, playing hockey. Before we learn to walk, we can cross-check properly. Just rocking plaid jackets, chainsaws, we operate them right. Fucking A right we do, bud. We cut our weight in firewood every 20 minutes or so. Smoke break. And if the Leafs make the playoffs, I'll fucking jump in the lake. Fucking buddy comes over to my place the other night, and he's like, you want to go out for a rip? And I was like, fucking right. Yeah. So we hop in the truck and hit the mud, and I was like, oh, fuck yeah, bud. Just out for a rip, are you, bud? Just out for a rip. Just out for a rip, are you, bud? Just out for a rip. Bad guys who like to loot and plunder. You'll okay. pay for this, Captain Planet. <laughs> By your powers combined, I am Captain Pollution. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> uh, yes, actually. There's, there's a superheroes always got to have like an evil version. They always have their reverse Flash, an evil version of them. Captain Pollution. Yeah, Spider Man's is Venom. Th that might be. Does that count as educational? Uh, Captain Planet. Uh. <laughs> Perhaps. Uh, folks, our, our September's theme, as voted by our Patreon subscribers for the Lasercomb podcast, is going to be educational shows. <laughs> <laughs>